Hello, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including DuckTales, which we'll be talking about today. Uh, I'm your host, Alice Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Ander. Hello. And Steve Zeck. Hello. Today, we are discussing the second uh, batch of episodes in May. Last week, we covered four episodes that aired in the same week, and this time around, we're covering five episodes that aired in the following week. Uh, we'll be talking about Nothing Can Stop Della Duck, Raiders of the Doomsday Vault, Friendship Hates Magic, The Dangerous Chemistry of Gandra D, and The Duck Knight Returns. If you want to catch our previous discussions on DuckTales, you can do that at OverlyAnimated.com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify. Wherever you listen to us, we we always appreciate any ratings and reviews you want to leave us. But yeah, so we're getting ready to dive back into DuckTales. We got, uh, again, a lot of stuff to, to cover here. And uh, a lot of uh, a lot of characters to to touch upon, so I guess we'll uh, we'll begin with our usual um, general thoughts on the batch. If there was anything in particular that stood out to you of the bunch, um, Michelle, let's go to you first. How are you feeling after this uh, this week of Ducktales? I I feel like I was really critical of the last batch, but this batch I absolutely loved. I was having such a good time watching these, and I don't think, like, there's maybe one episode that I have, like, very torn feelings about, but all the other ones I feel super good. And, like, I don't know, just a lot of, like, funny dialogue, a lot of really good animation stood out to me this batch. And, like, I was not, like, you know, waiting for, like, oh, when is this episode ending so I can go to the next one? Like, I I very thoroughly enjoyed all of them. So I'm, like, super happy now. I We haven't really seen a ton with Donald. I mean, there's kind of a cliffhanger. But I am curious how those episodes, if we're going to get a lot of moon episodes later, how those will pair with these. But, yeah, like, these get thumbs up for me. I enjoyed them a lot. All right. All right. Um, uh, Steve, how about you? Oh, I loved all these episodes. Um, unlike the last batch, it kind of got better each day. This one, I can't. It's hard for me to rank them. I can't really rank them. Mm-hmm. E- even the the fifth, my fifth favorite episode, whatever that is, I probably loved anyway. So, it, every episode gave me something I wanted. Has some great little quality to it. I don't want to. I, I hate to sound like a fanboy, but it was just. It was t- it, it, the show was on point this week. Yeah. It just, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see what they do with Donald. Um, I kind of want to see perhaps him and Penny kind of bond a bit because you know we made that parallel last week to them being similar. Um, I'm very excited that Lena is back. Oh and my. I'm- God, did yeah. you think that was going to happen? I really didn't think it was going to happen. Well, well, I probably thought, I, I was sort of spoiled because, you know, you know, San Diego Comic-Con kind of said she would be back. They showed oh, a new okay. design and this new friend, Violet, who I kind of, who I really, so far, I kind of like her too. I kind of have, Webby sort of has her own, like, version of, like, of the triplets, pretty much. Her own little girl team. And I am excited though I saw some previews for the for the episodes come back in the fall. They were gonna have an episode with all six of the kids. And I'm gl- and it looks like they're t- they're together on the same side. I'm just glad this show is not gonna do any stupid battle of the sexes stuff, so good for that. And oh and uh Mark Beeks is back and I gotta say, Beeks he 
He, when he's dealing with Gizmo Duck, he is much more of an intimidating and more of a, a non-joke villain. When he, when Gizmo Duck's not around, he's a complete joke. But Gizmo Duck brings out the best in him. What can I say? And so yeah, so yeah, so that there's there's definitely a lot a lot of like new characters and uh, ones that we yeah. we'd gone a long time without yeah. seeing that we'll we'll probably like get deeper into. But um, I'll just say what my general thoughts that I'm in agreement that like this is definitely a bit uh, a jump in consistency from where we were last week. Uh, I think that that there's all, especially with with Della. I feel that we we definitely jumped a little bit in like her her usage here in this week. And uh, Steve has already mentioned stuff with uh, Mark Beeks be- and uh, Gizmo Duck being used in ways that like were were interesting to watch. Obviously, we have the last episode, which I think is doing some very interesting things as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I definitely, I definitely had a lot of a, a lot more fun with this batch than I was than I was expecting, and so that I was, I'm, ha- I'm happy with this. It, it's still definitely way too five episodes in a week is still yeah. a, a lot to yeah. pack in, but it, 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 but there was a lot to like about these episodes, mm-hmm. um, and we could really start from anywhere here but um steve already mentioned a lot about lena so i guess we'll let michelle give your opinions on the return of lena since that was a thing that we had been waiting for for a while and how, how do you feel about <laughs> about her return as, as well as if you want to talk about violet too we we can bring that in too oh. it is such a relief to see lena back just because she was one of my highlights from the first season i also love that that episode is literally just called friendship hates magic (laughs) so good Um, i'm disappointed that kelpies weren't in it (laughs) oh well you know maybe look maybe they'll find their way back somehow violet seems really cool too i I was a little initially worried that you know lena spends a lot of the episode just like really mistrusting violet and we we get why because it reminds her of her past self when she was really using webby to get to magic and get what she wanted she fears for the same thing with Violet, but it also just kind of raises this catty kind of like, oh no, like I'm being replaced by this other girl, so I have to hate her. So one thing I really do appreciate is that the episode takes time at the very end to establish that they're getting along now and they both like team up to mess with Webby and you can see this actual friendship forming with all three of them Mm -hmm. and Lena's included there. And I, I think like that's a really good touch just because a lot of times we see this ending not so great for girls like competing with each other. So oh. that, yay, all of them like each other is a big relief. Well, <laughs> well I'm hoping we, we have an OKK episode like that soon, but that's another story. Um, I just want to say, though, I agree with Michelle, though. Lena's the whole thing of mistrusting of Violet was legit, was two things, was guilt of her past actions. But I thought mainly it was more so jealousy and insecurities you know being replaced i think that has more to do than than the actual like logic of violet might be up to something she just really she was scared that she's gonna lose webby and you know she's a very vulnerable place because if you know her history she really had no like friends or family really she was just magicus shadow spy so you can't really blame her completely she she doesn't really have an upbringing. She's she's trying. She's trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and definitely, uh, uh, Michelle raises a, a point about 
how like th- these kind of stories usually like a lot of times will end up being like oh we're pretending to be your friend and we turn against you like wh- what the lena storyline was right mm-hmm. so it's like you're, you're worried it's going to be a repeat situation but then like it turns around and it seems like violet is just like genuinely into the the occult but w- without like much malice behind it and that and mm-hmm. lena is eventually caught in they're allowed to be friends and like that in itself is it feels a lot nicer to, <laughs> to look at versus like how i mean like later in a different episode you get a, a situation where a person is approaching to be a friend and then it turns out they're, they're a spy and so like that's like the oh. more common oh i got route. thoughts on that i got yeah, thoughts yeah. on that and, yeah, and how about, they connect to lena uh, yeah I, I about, about that. but that's another story when we get to that episode yes we'll talk exactly about that. but um <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, so de- definitely, and also like uh, I think Miraculous Ladybug also has a situation where it's like a character is like is, is for some reason very knowledgeable about the mythology, and it's like oh no, they're actually like mm-hmm. doing manipulative things. It's like that's such a common way to go. So Violet actually like being you know just a, a nice girl is is, is very oh. refreshing in that way. Oh, when I saw Violet's design at Comic Con, and we peeped the fandom had so much. Theories over who she could connect it with. I mean, people originally thought maybe she's related to Mark Beeks, or some people also oh. later thought maybe she's related to Olsen, just because we kind of her design, we didn't really get a good close up of her design. It's just very confusing, but it's, it seems like she's just, she's not related to anybody. She's just her a complete new character. Um, uh, but I mean, yeah, and but it's I, interesting in the middle of the episode we introduced that like Violet has this amulet that was magic cuz it's like uh, the mm-hmm. episode is immediately like trying like you know add the doubts and Lena is uh, I think rightfully at least from that knowledge is like whoa what's going on here <laughs> like something that's connected to me but then like it turns out uh, they they like she does like a good storytelling of how just the shadow war happened and like she came across that and like the wreckage and she's just very interested in it so, but but yeah. the, the, I, the episode does a good job of like you know like really manipulating you to think a certain way, but then like that way it feels a lot more uh, a lot better once it turns back to no Violet is actually a good person. You know, seeing these three is going to be very cool to see in the future. Violet is exactly the character I hoped she would be when we first found out Webby is going to have a second friend because she's a perfect counterbalance to Lena. Well, she's more like book smart. She's more um more of as they say in this episode, more of a nerd. While Lena, she's just this cool, like street smart kid. So they sort of like kind of opposite, but they're making it work. Plus, Webby's like part. she's the middle ground, right? Like I she know. is book smart, like Violet, but she also she's a nerd for adventure. So she's a lot like Lena yeah. in that respect too. So yeah. they're they're a good try team. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, just like a possibility. Yeah, and also there also could be counterbalanced to the triplets because. I always see Violet kind of could be like Huey in terms of sort of being like a book smart type of person. And Lena could be like kind of like Louie, who's sort of a street smart, can sometimes be a con artist, can talk their way out of jams. And Webby and Dewey are just these these sucker for adventures and get excited over any little thing. So, yeah, we kind of have our female triplets here, even though they're not triplets. Um, I'll also say that at the end of the episode, uh, when uh, ev- like the, uh, the issue has been solved and whatnot, and, like Webby is like, "Oh, we're having a good time," and like both Lena and uh, Violet like team up together to like do- freak her out and stuff. So like 
They've already got like chemistry going on between the three of them. Like it's not just two people who like Webby, but also like they're be- mm-hmm. they're already like in a place where they're beginning to be okay with each other. So that that's definitely bodes well for for them having good good interactions and in, if they use them together in future can I, episodes. Can I tell you a little secret? A little production secret? Nah, I don't this... want it. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, right. I just want to say this down. episode was the was it takes place before any of the episodes in these last two weeks. This was supposed to oh, air first really? before every other episode we got the last two weeks. Yeah, out of order. A lot of sense because I kept being like, what? so like, has she not cared about looking up stuff about magic for Lena the whole season until now? So that makes a lot more sense. So from the beginning, it was a thing she wanted and, to do. And if Lena was in Webby's shadow, like at the beginning of the season, um, I kind of wonder what she thought at the beginning of the scene, that first, uh, the most dangerous game night, when like Dewey was self-proclaimed Webby's sort of best friend, and we saw how jealous she could get in this episode. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want I to say, like, the beginning <laughs> of this episode is, like, really good with, like, Lena being kind of, like, commenting on Webby's goings-on, and, like, she is... Yeah. The, and, like, the whole dynamic of, like, her not being able to interact with, with Webby for most of the episode, then we, like, switch to her perspective of, like, in the Shadow Realm, and, like, it, she's, like, seeing ghosts around her, and, like, the, the animation switches to almost, like, uh, black, mm-hmm. almost black and white, but, like, you know, blue and uh, blue and white more... And then, like, you get the moment where, like, she pulls them into the shadow realm, and like, that's that's done very interesting. I, I just want to highlight like, the the it the, they do a really good job of representing Lena Lena's perspective in this episode, and they do very interesting things with like how she has to like figure out how to interact with Webby and uh, Violet here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Now, let's see. I mean, they're they're all great, but I'm trying to figure out like what ma- what major stuff that we haven't. Oh, talked don't forget you get a B because... plot with lots. Of well, yeah, yeah, that, 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 I'm saving oh. that. I'm saving that. But like, I'm <laughs> just like focusing on the girls because, like, let, let's also say, I mean, admit it. As Steve mentioned, like this has aired kind of out of order, but that's also just been like Ducktales' whole mo for its entire show run. So you know, well, but. Uh, the fact that like Lena has not shown up for most of the season, do you think that that helps or hurts this episode at all? Uh, I, I mean, it's just the plot. Other plot stuff kind of got in the way. I mean, honestly, it surprised me that Dell was only in two of these five episodes, really, because I thought like she was gonna be on every adventure now because she was integrated into the family dynamic. She was in three episodes in a row, going back to last week, and then you know, then the la- then here we just she just disappears the last three episodes of this batch. Yeah, mm. that's my point. Like she, I thought she'd be in honestly all of them, but all I mean, them? it's it's good for them to have side things too. I mean, someone else went on a date and it had nothing to do with like anybody, and that's fine. Well, I guess Webby and um, Red Shirt were there, but besides them, yeah, 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 yeah. and, and uh, you had oh, Launchpad meeting his hero and. His hero just kind of turning evil. Yeah, that's harsh. We're gonna gonna talk about that. That was the episode I felt really weird about. 
<laughs> okay, okay. Let, let's let's shift over because for, first we'll discuss the B plot in this episode because this is uh, uh, B, I think this is uh, Mrs. Beakley's major contribution to this uh, batch yeah. of episodes is that she's trying to become. Oh, we, we, Webby, Webby points out to so her sad. like, "Hey, you don't have friends either." Is like, oh, yeah. so she tries to have a bond with Launchpad, and like, there's this whole thing where like Launchpad is very nervous because he thinks he's it's, he's being tested to get fired or something oh. <laughs> i would believe that too if i were launch pad yeah, yeah. It's, it's very relatable especially when especially you attach this to like della showing up and like yeah. she's a pilot oh, so. totally. but this takes yeah. place before that though that's the thing yeah 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 <laughs> but, uh, but so all that happens and then at the end they she uh, they figure out their commonplace is Darkwing Duck this show yeah. because uh, she's reading a book about someone in a mask and and launchpad yeah. in an experience which I'm pretty sure all of us on this podcast have had it's like oh you got to watch this show because oh, you, totally. you like something tangentially related to this yeah i know <laughs> um so so that happens and, and eventually Beagley gets into it and but it was canceled prematurely, and so she is dis- uh, disheartened at the, at the fact that it ended on a real twist. So they're like, "We're going to oh. film the ending." I and- can relate. I feel the same way about Symbionic Titan, so I can relate. Yeah, man, man, I'm sure there are many um, prematurely canceled shows out there that there are fan scripts for <laughs> for endings for. So this is probably very relatable to people. But uh, yeah, so uh, I just be. This will lead into the the episode of Darkwing, but I just want to say, like in this episode, like launch, it's been a while since like Launchpad had had like a full uh, comedic plot line to, to himself, and I I, re- I really enjoyed just like every time we cut to Beakley and uh, and uh, Launchpad in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Launchpad's always good in B plots like this. All of his like dialogue and. Like silly nonsense just works so well against something that's like slightly more serious yeah. than a plot. And I, yeah, and hopefully he can win Della over because I'm sure it's much painful painful to realize that his best friend's mom doesn't like him, and Syria drive him like really it pains him because you know him and Dewey are best friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's definitely a, a possibility. One-sided friendship. Yeah. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not, it's not I mean, best. we Short haven't heard Greasher confirm that they're best friends. <laughs> well, Storkleys and Donald sort of had the same type of thing, so it might maybe it runs in that family that they got these one-sided. That's friends. true. <laughs> they just attract people who are who just love them so much, and they feel all kinds of not good about it. <laughs> And, and so the reason that that is relevant is because then we see the twist of revealed in the in the episode at the end is the Duck Knight returns, which was the villain in the finale looked yeah. just like him, and that leads us into this whole episode about the actor playing Darkwing oh, Duck. Oh wait, and before we get this episode, together. can I just say one last point on the um, friendship hates magic? Uh, sure, that is the first episode ahead. No members of the Duck slash McDuck family in it. No blood relatives are in this move in this episode. But, but just but, their friends. But but Webby is family though. Yeah. But not blood. I'm talking about blood relatives. Like you know, I'm talking about yeah. Family she's, isn't she's all about duck. blood. 
I mean, I, I, she's a duck. They're ducks. It's blood, <laughs> duck blood. Still, that's just the distant family. But yeah. I think it can we'll make a joke count. about that in another episode too. Maybe Beaks makes a joke about that. I'm just trying to make yeah, a yeah, you know, yeah, story. You're right. You're right. Turns off like how this show. I'm trying to make a point how this show can has such a wide cast that they can do episodes without like they could take out a whole like main family and still have enough of a core cast to have a great episode. Yeah, and uh, and well, uh, um, remind me to bring something up about that at the end of this podcast. Okay. But uh, um, but yeah, w- with the Duck Knight Returns, uh, we have Launchpad getting pretty much a full episode, but like he's caught up in this whole drama between the the uh, old Duckwing realizing there's a movie being made about him and the new uh, Duckwing and uh, I mean, uh, wait, my Darkwing, Darkwing, <laughs> <said> Duckwing. <laughs> Oh, he's, um, a, he's a duck also. You yeah, weren't I mean, wrong. All ducks have wings, but only one can be a dark wing, I guess. Yeah, do- um, ducks don't fly in this series. They can, none of them can fly. Hmm, that's true. <laughs> oh, no. But that, that, that's existential. But, uh, um, so, Michelle, you mentioned that you were having weird feelings about this episode. Uh, expound on that. Oh, it's just... I mean, why does he... I mean... I guess, like, we didn't really know him much as a character, so it makes sense that he would be kind of egotistical and assume that, like, he is the face of Darkwing, not like, yo, he's an actor, the brand doesn't belong to him, they can always make new things without him, they have no allegiance to him. Like, that totally goes over his head, he's the only one who deserves to play it, but then he goes, like, total, like, into Joker mode, basically, at the end. I'm like, oh, no, so this is gonna be, like, a reoccurring plot, where he's, like, the evil, crazy Darkwing Duck from the sewer, who has a yellow coat, Who's going to fight yeah. the other actor who wants to do real crime now? And it just seemed like I just, I don't know. It threw me well, through a loop because I did not see that well, happening. Well, this will be like, will, will work better for you guys if you saw the 1991 Darkwing Duck series. Because what he turns <laughs> what into, it? he turns into <laughs> a character he called, he turns into a character. Well, no, not really. But in that show, there's like. The actor, like Darkwing Duck, is Darkwing Duck, who's had voiced by Jim Cummings here. And there's Mega Duck, who's like his just evil twin for some reason. He looks just like him, also voiced by Jim Cummings. So you kind of have sort of the origins of Mega Duck in uh, this and, show. Mega uh, Duck, not Mega. Mega Duck. Yeah. yeah, what did I say? Mega Duck. Oh, okay, it sounded like Mega. Because there's like a different villain named Mega, Mega Beast. Mega Vault. Than the other Mega Vault. Yeah, there is a different villain. Mega Vault. That's, um, that's the electrocuted guy. Oh, yeah, the guy yeah, with yeah. the big mustache. <laughs> yeah, the one that they made to look like Bane from the Dark Knights. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say that I have not watched a single second of the '91 Darkwing series. And yeah, yet I, I, and yet I really enjoyed this because, like, it's using all the the, the you know the the. I don't want to say tired of superhero tropes because, like, I I do think that we're getting at a point where now it's kind of like. Uh, you obviously there was a phase where like all superhero movies are dark and gritty and ah and like i think that that media has already done a lot of like making fun of that phase so now i'm like starting to get to the point where like it's a little bit too much it's like okay we get it guys mm-hmm. but at the same time like i do that i still think that they're doing fun things with with the parody but like what i especially enjoy is like we begin the episode with the twist of like the villain looking just like the hero and then like we're we're 
wrapping it in like the, the the tropes of like heroes are now now need to be gritty and stuff and so we pay that off at the end with like the person who's supposed to be the hero turning into a villain and dri- driven by his like ego and, and maniacalness and like he turns into the he turns into the thing that he was that he was fighting in his past so i don't know there, there's something about well, the way that this episode is set up from beginning to end that definitely makes it feel like it like it, it was all working towards that and i really appreciate like well, the thematic through line of that well episode. i blame the director of that movie for turning him evil because he was very rude he could have at least called him and just again a consulting role or something and just be respectful and get his blessing or something he just he just made this movie without even telling him a, a word about it so i understand why he's upset I understand why he's upset, but that's how that's how companies work. They own the IP. It, they have no allegiance to old actors. Like it's nice if they show them common yeah. decency, but yes. it's not their job, unfortunately. Uh, and this was just a wild episode. I mean, I think the Dewey, the movie version Dewey was trying to make with all the dancers and stuff. I think that's that more, amazing. I think that, that great. I think that's more of reference to the um. Joel Schumacher Batman movies, you know, Batman Forever, Batman and right, Robin. Like, let's just say it, Darkwing Duck's basically Batman. Like, it's very blatantly yeah, Batman. Yeah, yeah, and also the, the, those Darkwing Duck dancers, though, they definitely give me vibes of the... Uh, give you vibes. Vibes about, about these music videos that Prince did for the original Batman movie, um, Party Man, and some other songs he's done, because... They did this one song when when the Joker had all these back dancers, these female back dancers. It's just, uh, yeah, I believe it, that particular song was called Back Dance. Yeah, back dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Off the top of my head, I I know this party man, this back dance. Okay, let's get back on topic. This is not yeah, the Prince yeah. podcast. Uh, but <laughs> I, and I'll say that it, it, another interesting thing about the director is that he's voiced by Edgar Wright, which he originally was supposed to direct Ant Man, but he got removed due to creative differences. So, like, it's wow. an interesting choice to, <laughs> to make him be the director that somehow gets his project hijacked. But you know, <laughs> um, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, in the the trailer that they showed, um, Launchpad and the Dark Wings was uh, was interesting in terms of like you know like going full in on like parody of dark, of like Dark Knight and other <laughs> uh, like Batman versus Superman too. The pearls are dropping like five times in the trailer. I know, I love how many times the pearls drop before they actually fall. Yeah. Oh, and I'm and I'm I wonder though, going to be a point though when we find out that. Fenton and Drake, their mothers has the same name. I kind of wonder at some point you're going to find that out. Hmm. Well, that would be in the movie <laughs> version, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get the Joe and the Batman versus Superman. Yeah, yeah. And they, they'd both be like, Mama? Yeah. <laughs> like, doesn't Fenton just call, keep calling his mom Mama? Yeah. I'm sure that's her real name, but yeah. Yeah, yeah she probably has a real name. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, so well, we have the introduction of uh, Drake Mallard, who is this uh, per, uh, per super fan who's um, playing uh, Dark, Darkwing Duck now. And like he ends up being convinced by a launch pad at the end to take up the mantle. And I, I wanted to also like get your guys' takes on like how this episode deals with fandom, right? Because it's like this person who's like a real super fan of it is like, no, like I get what the character is meant to be 
whereas like the person who's playing it like somehow's like kind of lost track of it mm-hmm. and so yeah. I, I i wonder about the message of this where it's like like the people who are really into a thing sometimes understand the character better than the person who's actually playing mm-hmm. it I, I wonder if that's like a bad if i'm, if I'm getting sure. the right message out of this or, or like what, what what are we doing here Oh, sometimes you're I actor. haven't really considered it. I mean, I, uh, I, know. I it's not like the definitive answer just because it hap- that happened to be the message in this one instance, though, right? Mm, yeah. And I, yeah. And I just know, though, Drake Mallard, of course, was the Darkwing Duck in the original series, by the way. But I wonder, I'm not sure the message you're trying to send either. The thing distracted me was how alike Drake and Jim kind of looked and acted that I'm just saying... He's got to be his illegitimate son. Drake, what? Drake is Jim's illegitimate son. I mean, they're too much alike. They look and act too much alike. I mean, alike. they're both ducks, but, like, <laughs> a lot of the ducks look the same on the show. with slightly different outfits. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We, we, yeah, we get, yeah, I'm not sure. We get, we get glimpses of Drake's childhood, and yet we don't see a father, so. Because hmm. he's in school. It's <laughs> <laughs> a childhood flashback. <laughs> uh, oh yeah th- th- there was that flashback of like him talking about how like Darkwing inspired him it's like I'll just keep getting back up I thought that was kind of sweet and also like that but was at a- the end didn't he also beat up that bully who like initially was there because the bully looked like he got beat up or something in the last comic panel of the flashback oh, oh, I was did- like wait so his his version of getting back up is destroying the person well, who's I- causing well, in my interpretation was though his clumsiness probably defeated the bully. He did some his clumsiness somehow got got the bully to maybe got get knocked out. But so he didn't my... like beat him in the face or anything. No, maybe he just tripped over his cape and something, or the bully trying to punch him and he missed, and he and he just fell on the floor and punched himself. And that's my interpretation. It's some three stooges stuff here. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, that would make me feel slightly better than he just is like, yeah, I was this, I was the shy nerd who loved, you know, the Batman duck until I beat up the bully, and then my life got better. <laughs> oh, I, I know you guys. That, that you guys sounds really funny. inspiring. The way you said it, <laughs> you guys are probably too young to remember this. Uh, you know, this the old milk commercial when this uh, milk it doesn't body good campaign when you see this small like always this small kid. It says, I'm going to drink milk and get stronger. And then each panel, you see the person grow older. Uh, it kind of reminds me oh, of that. Yeah. So- that's terrible because that's about like, this little boy. And it's like, yeah, I got tough. And I got a girlfriend when I was ripped. And I yeah. reached the ultimate life. <laughs> I was like, okay, 1980, whatever. That's interesting priorities. <laughs> That, that sounds like a thing that like Spongebob parodied at some point. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, me with the anchor arms. He's yeah, like, yeah. Sure, but everyone loves me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah um, just, just, just Google milk, it does the body good and then you'll see some commercials for that. So. Is Drake a secret jerk? No, although like in this episode he's like pretty sweet. Oh. And... He's, yeah, oh, he... adult Drake seems fine. That's why yeah. the flashback threw me. No, he doesn't. Yeah, though for some reason he has some issues with gizmo duck who for all we know she's a nice guy too so yeah why is he why does no one like gizmo i bet i don't i, I don't know about I that don't know. i just think it's why some big like how like a lot of batman fans don't like superman it just 
you have to be on one team, your team. Oh, yeah. okay. It's an Edward Jacob situation for DuckTales. Yeah. Sure. I get it. Uh, and like, you know, Launchpad's dominating social media. And so it's like Darkwing fans feel like he's being neglected and uh, they want well, Darkwing to rise. Well, well for me, though, me, my team is obvious when, if, if he ever shows up. Team Duck Avenger. Duck Avenger. That, that's Donald Duck's ultra, like, superhero, ultra ego. Donald Duck has a superhero <laughs> ultra ego at the end of comics sometimes. Wait, what? That's, that could be a huge spoiler. What if Donald <laughs> does become a superhero? We're not supposed to know yet. Hey, hey, but you know what's the biggest heroic act of them all? Raising children. Oh, one other thing. In, in the original Darkwing Duck, Drake had, like, a foster daughter named Goslin. Okay. So I okay. kind of wonder this, if she might is, appear... This is too deep. We're too deep into the mythology now. <laughs> That's we're too deep. We're, we're too deep. Back. We're too deep. Um, so, the dark, Darkwing has a lot of stuff going on here, but Launchpad is interesting in this episode, too, because, like, even they comment on it in the in episode, they're like, this is the most coherent he's ever been, but, like, even though, like, he's probably just reciting lines from the show, but, like, it's it definitely feels like a little... And they like refer to him as sidekick multiple times in this episode. I I, I was reading some stuff online, uh, like reactions to this episode, and if something that came up kind of frequently was people talking about the potential of like Launchpad kind of taking a back seat and like being like perhaps moving towards a dar- like Darkwing specific role, especially with Della in here. And like I'm a little scared for that, but like also I can with this episode I can kind of see like this being an opportunity if you wanted to go the direction of shifting Launchpad's character a little. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel well, about about that idea. I I'm don't. Not- I mean, I feel like he'd do great there, but I would really miss his rapport with the rest of the Duck Fam. Because that's so good. Plus, he still drives the car. It's not like he has to not drive the plane so he can't be in the show anymore. Half of his job is driving the car. Yeah. He can still do that. I think that was his original job at the beginning of the series. That's yeah. all he did. Um, anyway, I could see what you do here is how it's maybe not fully commit to him leaving, becoming Darkwing Duck's sidekick, which is what he was in the 91 series. I think... Um, we could have an episode when he when he looks like he's going to leave Scrooge and become Darkwing's sidekick, and at the very end decides not to. You know, like a cliffhanger, like you know, you know, like a cliffhanger. I'm going to like just like at the season one finale when Donald and the boys were going to move to Cape Suzette. Something similar here with Launchpad, and maybe that when Della finally just decides just to you know like him, just say you know what. My my boys love you, so I'm um, I'm just gonna just tusk in, and we'll find we'll make it work. Yeah, so uh, uh, that that's also another direction we could go, or like he at least is tempted by it. But like I I just I I got the feeling that like we're de- we're gonna see the Darkwing guys again, so we'll probably yes. include Launchpad oh, in that. I gotta see, so. I gotta see, I gotta see um Nega Duck and Beaks team up. I, I, I see that because they're both similar. They're both such big egos, so I could see that just the partnership kind of ending like very badly because they're both such big egomaniacs, but they're also kind of incompetent too. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. and uh, speaking of Beaks, um, well, b- before we move on to Beaks's episode, anything else you guys want to get out of the way from this episode? Because th- this episode did have a lot, admittedly. Oh, we need more villains with mustaches. 
I hmm. say no. No oh, oh. mustaches. <laughs> oh, I might say those those dark green da- dancers. They they look very attractive. I like them. I thought uh, they're very okay. cool designs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll just say specifically, <laughs> Scrooge was ta- Scrooge when he mentioned mustaches. He was talking about mustaches that could be twirled, and like yeah, with that, with yeah, with that, I agree, I agree with him. Like if you're gonna do a villain and they're gonna have a mustache, make it long enough so they can be twirled, and that's why that's the one thing that Sonic the Hedgehog is doing right. They're giving Jim Carrey a very curly mustache. You know that works. They gave him and bring up a point though that that's pretty much Tory mustache is that's what Glamgo does or at least tries to do. Glamgo yeah, is the he, closest. Yeah, he had an episode earlier where like <laughs> he had like a fake curly mustache on. So yeah, mm-hmm. see, Gl- Glamgo knows the the proper villainy ta- villain tactics. Um, and we will get to Glamgo later. Don't don't you worry. But <laughs> um, but I, I guess what we can move over to to Beaks's episode since he was also mentioned, and he appears in the Dangerous Chemistry of Gendra D. Um, yes. Have- oh, I so predicted this. Like on the Discord the day before it aired, I predicted exactly what was going to happen, and it happened. What do you mean you predicted it? I predicted that uh, Gendra was going to be working for Mark Beaks, and by episode end, she would turn to the good side. So. Well, I mean, it, the, the tagline is the dangerous chemistry of Gandhi. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like it kind of clues you in right there. Something's up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, go go to Discord and go to the date um before the episode aired, and you'll see how right. Folks, if, you, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you know that Steve really wants credit when he figures out things before episodes <laughs> air. So, humor him and go look up our Discord, which you can find at discord.com slash overly animated. Um, so. Yeah, that's uh, um, we have G- Gandra D, who is like propped up as this like I work by my own rules, and uh, Fenton, who is you know very by the book, and immediately um, the kids uh, Huey and Webby begin shipping them. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was I was not exactly a fan of like this angle of the episode mm-hmm. because it felt very quick and. Well, uh, I don't know. How, how do you guys feel about about mm. the the love side of this of this episode? Ah. It oh, seems sh- like Fenton was feeling it though. That's what made me yeah. not care as much about the kid shipping it because he seemed like really into Gandra. And can I just say something? Sure. When Gandra meets him. She negs him so hard, and I was like, "Damn, this is like kind of painful." But Fenton like rubs it, like he shrugs it off, and he like goes on with everything and keeps being really excited about science with her. But it's just like, wow, that's such a power move, Gandra. Like, okay, I don't know if I like you. Yeah, well, it's gonna be kind. It's interesting to what happens though when she meets Mama because there's such like opposite ends here in terms of it's kind of implied that Gondra might have a criminal past, and I'm not sure Mama is gonna approve. So it could be well, definitely a police officer too. Yes, right? I know. Yeah, yeah, she's a police That's, officer. So. Yeah, she might if she has a criminal past, she might know. She might have files on her. So <laughs> she, she'll be interesting what happens because I don't know. I'm. I can't predict here, though, that Gondra is going to... Mama's going to find out Fenton is gifts from Dr. Gondra. Gondra's just going to assume his mom knows and just going to casually bring it up, and that's how she's going to find out her son is Gizmoduck. 
that that's one way of getting around it. Um, and so I actually this... think she might know for real. I think Fenton just she doesn't let Fenton know that she knows, but we'll see. Yeah, and in this episode, despite um, Fenton de- denying that it's a date, it gets put up like a date, and they bond over science eventually. But uh, and then it's revealed that Gandra is working for Mark Beeks. And um, I'll be the first to say I really enjoyed Beeks in this episode. Oh, I yeah. love him. His dance segment when yeah. he's fighting off the lasers was like one of the peaks of the entire episode. He hits a dab. He got, yes! he got a dab in. Yes! It's yeah. so good. And, Jeff, and we find out he definitely has daddy issues. Uh, yeah, that, that was that was an interesting line. Oh, and I, love, and I love how he says, I, I, Huey asked him, do you have a heart? He says, yes, I do. Somewhere underneath these pecs, and I, like he really proud of these pecs. And I'm just saying, Mark, Mark Beeks, you know, you could have just gone to Hecatpoo's dimension if that's what you wanted. So yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, also like in the beginning, he's just like very impatient. He's just like downing blue liquid as I, if it's him like getting crunk is also an amazing sequence that yeah. is pretty quick, yeah. but like it's so funny. Yeah, and, and, like because you you get the impression he's kind of he's kind of like drunk or like high or whatever. Then like that scene where he's just like dancing around, yeah, and activate everyone's just like so uh, to like EDM music. It's just great. So <laughs> and then, and yeah, and then he like activates his own his uh, nanotechnology thing that like makes him giant. It turns him into mega beaks, and uh, eventually he's distracted because he's not able to use a phone now that he's giant, so he can't check if he's oh. viral anymore. Oh such yeah, a, that's such a thing. That would happen. Well, that's so in character because he has such a big ego when it comes to social media. If you take away his cell phone, that be the same thing as killing him. He'd pretty much rather die than not have his like his cell cell phone or his technology. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, Gandra shows up at the end to help help Fenton uh, out with yeah. uh, defeating you know, the Mega Beaks. But I, then dis- she disappears. You know right after. her disappearance at the end. That's very much. That's very Goldie like. So yeah, pre- she's basically Fenton's Goldie. Yeah. <laughs> Only I think though. I think this hurts her tricking Fenton and doing all that stuff. I think it's a one shot thing. I don't think she's gonna really do anything to deceive him. And again, I, well, Goldie. For her whole life, she she loves messing with Scrooge. She's also sort of Scrooge's rival. I don't think Gondra should be like Fenton's rival. I think she's just gonna be sort of kind of a sh- kind of a shady, like a kind of a good character, but also a little bit shady, kind of a bit like Lena, just a little bit a grown up Lena, missing a little bit of Goldie. Yeah, Gandra seems like a mercenary type, you know, like she'll just mm-hmm. accept jobs from anybody and uh, and she'll feel bad about it, but she'll do them, you know. <laughs> oh, and I do. Can I just bring up this point? Man, now's the time to bring it up. You know, what's off screened was Huey and, Web- and Webby telling Fenton about Gandra working for Beaks. I like to think perhaps Webby at least gave Fenton some like speech, like how she's been there. She's. She's been through that with Lena, how similar situation, how, how, and how it all worked out. She gave him, a little girl gave this man some life experience talk. Like, been there, pal. Libby is pretty wise for her age, so I can see that. (laughs) Yeah, that definitely sounds like a good one-shot fic to write out, like the missing conversation in between there. Um, 
let's see any oh uh there is a brief launch pad moment in this episode where he he talks about all the people he had he has had dates with including a deadly ninja a yeah. duck a mermaid a viking shield maiden his well, clone like, his clone yes he I has think a female so many. i love launch pad he's had so many booze it's great i wonder if was that his clone was that male or female if but would it matter Ah, yeah. But you know what? I was hoping maybe perhaps, maybe if Launchpad would just casually just mention Darkwing Duck and Fenton be like, ah, he'd be like a negative reaction, Darkwing Duck, to show that maybe this rivalry is sort of a two-way rivalry. He'd say, you know. Uh, yeah, launch launchpad clone is an interesting idea, uh, but but I'll, I guess like we're gonna continue just this gag like all his. Uh, are they ever gonna all gonna have? Are they ever gonna meet like all his girlfriends gonna be in the same place like right and confronting him like who do you want to marry launchpad or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's hear. Uh, br- brief uh, cold takes on hot foods. Uh, Fenton is invents a glazed donut spray, and apparently Mark Beeks does not enjoy the taste of glazed donuts. How do you guys feel about glazed donuts? I'm a fan personally. Oh, I they're, love. They're glazed- good. They're a classic. Glazed donuts is my favorite kind of donut. So Mark Beeks is a monster. So yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, that's it. And um, finally, I, I just want to bring this up because it stood out to me when Mark Beeks uh, uh, pins uh, Fenton to the ground. Oh, oh, I guess he's Gizmo Duck at this point, and like he punches him out. It's like, and he says, "Bye, amigo." So like he's, that kind of stood out to me as like he's a, done that know. before. And has he? Still, has he? Yeah. Yes, he has, and it definitely makes me uncomfortable still. He did that in the previous episode. Uh, what well, the, the episode? Well, yeah, yeah. I guess when, Beaks and Gizmo Duck have uh, interacted before. Yeah, well, the but... episode when he tries to become Gizmo Duck, and then when he finds out like that Fenton is Gizmo Duck, and he takes off his suit from him, he's like, he says similar lying about Amigo, which yeah. I get. I think that's very uncomfortable. I'm not sure. I know he's supposed to be a villain, but I. I kind of don't think this is really a sh- this show should be doing stuff like that. You know, it, it, it's a it's a choice. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It's like uh, I, I feel uncomfortable, and if that's what they want me to feel towards Beaks, I mean, sure. But like, it's kind of weird because he's also like a very comedic villain too. So, yeah, mm. yeah. And I don't, I don't even think he's. They'd want you to think that he's like racist or anything. I think it's more guys you just don't know their boundaries. There's sort of racial boundaries you don't cross. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I just want to put that out since it stood out to me when I was watching the episode. Um, yeah, so let's see here. Uh, we have not talked about Della yet, and she is a big part of uh, oh, wait. last week. Oh, I just, you know yeah. what? I'm just thinking. I'm thinking probably in the future. i like to see maybe Beaks capture Mama and Gondra, hold them on top of a cliff, and Gizmo Duck can only save one of them. Okay. What? Sure. Why, why would she want that, Steve? That's a reference to like a Spider-Man thing, I think, or a superhero thing when you can only save one. I, I, I've been I've been keeping myself from saying Steve's fanfic corner this episode, but yeah, th- th- that one especially fits there. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, there's going to be Mama Gondra episode. There's going to be yeah, one. yeah, yeah. We we gotta keep Mama on the picture, I guess. Um, but yeah, so over to Della. 
She is a big character that we talked a lot about last week and about like how we would deal with her coming back. And she is back and nothing can stop Della Duck. We have like a full, like pretty much the first half, half of the episode is just like kind of dealing with like the initial reactions to her coming back. We go through an episode like her slowly figuring out her, her, like her role in the family and being frustrated by it. And we end with like an action sequence of uh, her, you know, jumping into action and protecting her children at the same time. And it's all, it all ends very sweetly. But, uh, Michelle, how, how did you feel about finally seeing Della interact with her kids for the first time? I, so the one thing I was really scared might happen is that they'd all reject her and blame her and give her a cold shoulder and she'd just be super, she'd like feel like she had to prove herself the whole episode and she just still kind of does. But like, I love that, you know, like all but green shirt just like welcome her with open arms. They're just so excited to have her. And Greenshirt's whole thing, like, is super relatable. Like, he's not mad at her. He's not like, you abandoned us when we were eggs. (laughs) Like, surely, like, Della feels that way, but nobody else is, like, blaming her about it. And and his whole thing is, like, well, I just, like, you know, I've grown up without a mom this whole time, and I just don't really know how to have a mom now. Like, it's very relatable and understandable from this, because they're, like, at least, like, 10 or 11 now, right? Like, it's been at least a decade, so, like, that makes total sense. And at the end, like, she's able to protect him in a moment, and he, like, like, oh, okay, like, yeah, it is nice to have a mom around sometimes. We can figure this out together. So I actually like really like this episode and Della, I mean, I also wondered like, is her whole character going to change now that she's going to be in like hashtag mom mode, but no, she's just like, as like ridiculous and adventurous, kind of like two adventures for her kids, which is an angle that I also love. Um, I feel like Mrs. Beakley kind of sees her still as a child in some ways, but like, I love that she still has that freedom. Like she's, she doesn't really know how to be a parent yet and she's going to figure it out. And Scrooge is like supportive in that. And he's like, yeah, you've been here one day. You really thought you were going to nail being a mother in one day. So yeah, this was a really good episode for Della. I, I super liked it. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I agree with like, the, they handled the, the kids reactions really well. Like obviously mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be like very, well, I, I really enjoy like the initial reaction where they're, they're kind of like, scared, hesitant. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, they're like scared yeah. and hesitant at first. Uh, there's a line like, who's the cyborg? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, like, they don't slow- really know what she looks like. I'm like Scrooge, who's like, you know, he's had her in his life a lot longer. So he, for oh. him, it's like a reunion. But for them, it's like the first meeting ever. They don't know what to think. Oh, uh-huh. and then like what is- one by what? one, like they slowly begin like yeah. warming up to her. And like, and then we get like Louis, Louis expressing his feelings as well. So I think that they did it in a way where like, it, it felt gradual enough, but like still, it still fit like in the pacing of the episode where it's like, it's not all of a sudden, but like also it feels reasonable that like they, they like each get to her in their own in their at their own speed you know totally like like dealing with them as separate characters which the show has done a good job of for for a long time but like here like it stands out as like like these are all these are three different people and they're gonna handle it in different ways you know yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and yeah i like yeah how how they're all like relatable and it's and they made the point throughout the episode that she is trying she's not going to get it right away 
And yeah. the kids, they get it too. They understand they're not, they're 10, 11 years old. They're not stupid. They're not like, like other medias would probably have them just be like, like you abandoned me or something. I know, such a trope. That was oh, are you also a trope? So they do a little trope with Della just not hearing the whole conversation. Yeah, yeah but, they do. But you know, but he subverted a little bit because you know what I thought Della was going to do? I thought you were just going to run away. Yeah, just, just pack up a leaf like, yeah. oh, they, hurt my feelings, do I'm that. done. They didn't do that. So that surprised me. So that's very good. I also love how, like, Louis kind of, he, he wanted his thought, initial reaction was, maybe this is a trick by Magicka. And I'm like, damn, that's, she would do that. She is evil enough to do something like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I echo your, your thoughts, Steve, in terms of uh, the middle there where we have the conversation of the family, the family meeting about Della. And like we get half the sentence of Della is not a mom. And Della just runs off. At least not yet. She will fit in soon. Yeah, but it's like that it. part got, got a real groan out of me because it's like we've done this so many times. Like in the middle of a conversation, it sounds bad. And then the rest of it redeems it. But the person who's hurt is not there. But you're right that the show does a decent enough job of like not like once that happens they stick to like Della being more like okay well that uh, now I know what they feel like but like let me see what I can do to help and then very quickly like we get to Della and Scrooge talking and Scrooge is like no that's not what that's not what I was saying and so like at least it's resolved quickly enough that it doesn't like hang over the rest of the episode mm-hmm. so but but the, so that is one low moment in this but like surrounded by a lot of good moments mm-hmm. and uh, um we also like have scenes in the first half of just like Della being very excited about trying to be a mom and she does things like make really bad cake Moon's best mom <laughs> yeah and t- tell scary stories and so like that also all of that also like helps to because for for a long time if we we've talked with Della as like being like very super focused on like getting home because she wants to be a mom and like that was kind of like hiding the rest of her personality but like here we we get like her slowly realizing that she's not that she needs to like learn how to be a mom and that like adds an extra layer to her that make makes it a lot more interesting to watch her do these mom things you know so like i i appreciate the the obviously we might not have been able to get here without the earlier Della episodes. I can concede that, mm-hmm. but like it definitely feels a lot better seeing Della in these episodes versus our, our initial, um, our initial views on her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, for sure. Now she doesn't have to be obsessed with being a mom. She just like wants to be a good example of like an adult person in their lives. And that feels a lot more natural and believable than Della on the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though, uh, uh, though, poor Donald, though. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. so Steve, you're always like, I, I predicted this. I yes, I'm ready to say that. I told you guys. I told you they would not understand what he said on the phone. That was my favorite part. It was so funny. And I was right though. I told you. I said he did not go on the cruise yet, and you now they're going to. Yeah. They're going to think they're not going to be any urgency to find him because they're going to assume he's on vacation. So, also, I believe you. I, I don't know if it was you or someone else, but it's probably you because you mentioned something about like he would probably like the black licorice thing, and like he is very pleased to I chew that gum. I don't think I ever said that. So he, he oh, okay. maybe you did. did. Not die. Really That's fair. Yeah. That's all. 
yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. So I enjoy like it, every time like Dylan mentions Donald, and we just cut away to him like screaming aloud <laughs> in the rocket. Uh, and then uh, finally at the end, we get like the cliffhanger of the general ordering to seize him. But yeah, poor poor Donald, he doesn't get to witness. And, fi- and finally, his like his his speech patterns, his people not able to understand him, kind of comes back to haunt him. <laughs> Yeah, at least for now. It's the it's the life that Donald has to live, and he gets by. Um, oh, there's also a moment in this episode where like Della goes over to Donald's boat, and she like sees all the pictures of Donald raising yeah. the kids, and she's just like, "You did a good job, Donald." You know, and like that was also another very very sweet moment, and also like re- re- recognizing Donald's role in in this mm-hmm. show, you know, and his labor. It's a lot of work oh. raising kids. That- that like aren't technically yours because your sister disappears for ten mm-hmm. years. Like, good job, Donald, being a good brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, um, at, and at the end is them like fighting the golden robot person. I, I don't have much to say about that part. It's, <laughs> it's like it, it 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 serves primarily to like see the kids teaming up with the mom and like them like working together to take take him down. There's like an air horn situation. Mm-hmm. But but and so Della protects Louis from getting smashed. It's like we're gonna go on adventures together, you guys, and I'm gonna try being a better mom slash person. So mm-hmm. uh yeah. And that that leads into Raiders of the Doomsday Vault, which is our second Della episode. Um, we, we only bring Dewey and Webby along of the of the kids. No, I don't but, think Webby's there. Just oh, wait, Dewey. Webby. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Webby is. Oh, I just, yeah, we just assume she's there, but she's not. <laughs> I'm not sure I predicted it in the last podcast or not. Or, but I do think that perhaps we're going to have each character going to have sort of a Della bonding episode, and I think this is Dewey's turn. I think there's in the future we're going to have one with Huey and have one with Louie, and maybe even Webby and Launchpad too. Maybe <laughs> to wrap it up. So we'll see. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see how much Della we actually get because, like, um, uh, yeah, well, we'll talk about this episode first, and then I guess we'll get into like larger scale things about where the show could be headed, especially now that we're heading into a hiatus soon. But like, uh, uh, here with the Raiders of the Doomsday Vault, we got Della and Dewey going to this uh, Doomsday Vault in the middle of the of the ice land, um, and like they are, they get interested in this money tree that Scrooge is describing, and they go off to find it, but stuff messes up, and then Scrooge has to go find them, and hijinks ensue, Mm -hmm. but um, let's see, what do I want to, I mean Glomgold is in this episode, yeah and And all I gotta say, you know how (laughs) we keep saying poor Donald, another catchphrase I gotta say is, poor Olsen I mean, Alson, I mean (laughs) Poor Allison. Yeah. She's going to be in a mental institution by the end of this series at this rate. I don't but, know why she's still with Glomgold. Does he pay her? No, I, I feel like says, he, he, says he doesn't, doesn't know work for him. I think yeah. they're like partners. Like, Glomgold has no appeal like Boxman. Like, I don't understand why she would just stay with Glomgold for free. No, but, I, but she says say, say in this episode that she doesn't work for him. She's not his employee, so I think they're sort of like partners. Yeah, so I think it's like a, a, a board situation where yeah. like she's like the CEO, but like Glomgold owns enough of the company that she can't she can't get rid of him. Situation. Ah, okay. It's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like 
Boxman and Venomous now. It's sort of a partnership. Well, it's like if Boxman and Venomous didn't like each other, yeah. but like still had to work yeah. together, you know? Yeah. So, but like Allison, I appreciate that she finally gets like, you know, kind of snaps at Glomgold at the end there. It's like, what is wrong with you? And Glomgold is just like, I'm just doing schemes. <laughs> and she ditched him at the end, like at the beginning, at the end of the first act. Like she finally got some revenge. Yeah, and then like the rest of the episode is Glomgold handcuffing himself to Scrooge to get him to take him to the money tree. I love it. They become the ultimate odd couple. Also, like rip Scrooge for that. I thought Glomgold was literally going to drown him under the ice with that chain, but I guess they made it through okay. Yeah, yeah, they 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 have icicles on their bills, but they get there to the the (laughs) vault, Um, and then like. um, Glomgold is just very uncooperative with like, Scrooge as he tries to get get into the vault. Um, he's like burning through. He me- he mentioned something about their family being very complicated. He's like, oh, you got a whole family thing going on. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, also like, Beach uh, Beach also mentioned that in another in the, uh, his episode too. It's like uh-huh. in Magic, I mentioned the season one finale. All these villains sort of commenting on the complications <laughs> of this family. Yeah, it's hard to keep track if you don't live with them. You <laughs> yeah. know? but I like, I, I, and then like at the end, Glomgold is just like, ah, yeah, I have money, but then he loses to the breeze, and then he falls in the ice. Yeah, like th- this just continues the streak that Glomgold has had of just having having like really good comedic contributions whenever he shows up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, though probably not as good as the eighty-seven cent solution. I think that was him at his peak. Yeah, yeah. that was a remarkable episode. Especially when we went to a funeral with that actual licensed music. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that, that was like his his highlight reel. But like, this is still like a a pretty good episode. Yeah. So I do feel he's sort of, this is Scrooge and Glongo. This is our more B plot. The uh, you know well, they, they got some good focus here. Because, yeah, like, yeah. It, it, it felt like half of it was like Scrooge trying to get to um to uh, Dewey and uh, Della. And I I don't know about you guys, but I do feel like Della is trying to become a good mom. But I think right now she should just settle for big sister. She feels more like a big sister to Dewey in this episode than a mom. So it feels like she's sort of she might get there but she sort of maybe has to just settle for being a big sister for now uh yeah so we have the whole della and dewey situation where like dewey is very eager to get della's approval i think this is a thing that also happened in the early episodes with scrooge that dewey was very eager to to get approval from him and now we're doing the same thing with della it makes sense because it's a mom situation well, but... i do feel though to be fair i think della's also trying to get his approval as well so it's like a two-way street here i guess <laughs> uh, I, I i don't get too much on della's side of things it's more like della just like wants to do stuff with 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 her son. Yeah, she wants to bond. We're gonna get it for each son, I bet yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah but so, yeah, but yeah. So her overall goal of just spending time with Dewey is, in the, in the end, she wants approval from all her children to, to in her mind, maybe just you know, forgive her for just for the last for the missing ten years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and so that they like break their way through this this vault. Uh, they uh, send Dewey through vents and stuff. Uh, eventually, they get to the money seeds, but uh, it falls in some uh, rapid growth liquid. It turns into a giant tree. 
and like Scrooge has to confront Della about like what are you doing? But like it's it, there's a small surprise where like Della actually knows where the exit was and like mm-hmm. she had an exit strategy planned. And uh, we end with like Della telling Dewey that he doesn't have to prove himself to her. They fix the vault with Della's help because she knows and, how to weld gold. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's I, all hunky dory. And end. I do think a very telling thing is what Scrooge says throughout this episode. She refers to Dewey and Della as kids. She refers to kids, the kids, which, like I said, makes me to the point is Della is more of a big sister right now. Scrooge sees her as a child still. And I don't think he ever referred to Donald as a kid, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, D- Donald had the maturity to, you know, like, raise the kids. And Della yeah. uh, is just showing up, you know. So it's, it, she's, she's got to earn that. And yeah. uh, <laughs> this is not a great first step, but like, <laughs> it, it at least gets Della back into the yeah. into adventuring mode, yeah. I guess. And she had an exit strategy this time, so she thought things through. She She did. She's doing better. Yeah, she just has to let everyone in on her what she's thinking through. But she's getting there. Now, um, Steve, uh, Ludwig von Drake is a character that exists in the DuckTales verse, right? It, yes, he exists in the uh, Disney Ducks universe. Oh, he, okay. he goes way back. He goes way back to like. Uh, is he the same? Like, is he like that? Uh, one of the conductors in those Fantasia movies, or am I mixing not that sure up? about that? Um, I do know he's in a lot of Disney like nineteen sixty educational shorts, mm. and he t- he talked about the he sort of there's a one short when he kind of goes inside Donald's brain. He tells <laughs> us like what's inside the human brain. He uses Donald as a guinea pig. So nice, nice. Yeah, it's um, how, 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 Michelle, how did you feel about about Ludwig's uh, um, contributions to this episode? Because he kind of pops up a lot here. I like, I know I've seen him somewhere before, but for the life of me, I can't remember where. It felt like a great callback and very nostalgic, but I don't remember where he was before. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he's oh, he's been a lot of, like modern day Mickey Mouse shorts like But like back in the nineties or the eighties, I feel like that's oh, he was, exposed to him. Oh he was in Quack Pack. He I don't think had... I saw Quack Pack though. <laughs> trying to give you Did he have been somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess uh, someone look up the Ludwig von Drake wiki yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, one one reference I did get that uh, Della and Dewey are singing in the plane, and they're singing to Powerline, the guy who sings in the Goofy movie at the end of the movie. Yeah, that was great. The standout song was such a good... Oh, I love that. It was so... I, I remember that movie. That was my childhood, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I, I feel so proud when I get a reference from yeah. this show. <laughs> this is, like, so good much feelings. that I haven't watched. Feelings. But... You got a feelings. <laughs> yes i do i have many feelings okay uh, so we've talked about the five episodes and so before we, uh, like wrap wrap oh, up Louis and donald's points. uncle he's okay yeah. but i'm not i'm not sure if in this he is married to scrooge's sister one of scrooge's <laughs> Okay. Like in in here we do show Ludwig's uh, um, children. I guess they currently own the company, so like Ludwig is dead in this universe. Okay, let me list here. Okay, totally. We, 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 we don't need to read the family tree list. No, 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 no. Talking about Ludwig, like you want his wiggy, stuff he's been in. Let's see. Oh, he was in the Walt Disney Anthology series. 
appears in uh, the original DuckTales, Raw Tunage, Bonkers, Crackback, Mickey Mouse Works, House of Mouse, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, mm. on the 2013 Mickey Mouse short series, Mickey Mouse and the Road Racers, and DuckTales 2017. So, House of Mouse, maybe? Yeah. Did you watch House yeah. of Mouse for a little bit? No? You see, House of Mouse, Mickey Mouse had this little like <laughs> nightclub with all the classic Disney characters. Yeah, yeah. I, I vaguely remember House of Mouse, at least. I remember like him in some of these... Uh, Oh, I remember. Oh, I think I know what you think about Michelle. You're thinking about Mickey's Christmas Carol. Uh, he probably had a little. Oh, um, maybe, maybe, maybe. I just know <laughs> I know him from somewhere. <laughs> uh, Mickey's Christmas so, Carol, which always gives me creeps. Scrooge, his love interest is his niece-in-law. Is just wait, wait, okay. what? Wait, no, say Daisy, that again. Daisy played Scrooge's love interest in Mickey's Christmas Carol, like. He played Isabel. Oh my god, that is his niece-in-law, isn't it? Well, oh, no. Not, 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 <laughs> oh no! Oh, Scrooge! <laughs> Look, Scrooge is, it gets busy, okay? So. No! That's a separate <laughs> fanfic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, um, with DuckTales. So, what, what, one thing I want to bring up is that this batch, I think at the beginning we mentioned that this was of higher quality. Like, it was it was a lot more fun than, like, the, the last batch that we did. Um, I Also, I think, like, uh, Steve, you mentioned, like, at least one of these episodes, like, the first time, like, none of the McDuck family shows up. Um, I feel like we definitely are getting less of the nephews and like I, I, I want to get your takes on that specifically. Like the the fact that we have like such a large cast now, and like we we are doing these episodes where it's like one totally dedicated to Gizmo Duck, one totally dedicated to Webby and Lena, one totally dedicated to to um uh there's there's another well the, the duck well the duck night returns is like a launch pad specific episode you know mm-hmm. then like we've got a lot of like different plots we're juggling here and so like the nephews i feel like are beginning to like get like sl- smaller and smaller roles here but like I, I don't know how you guys feel about about that well, in like the grand scheme of the show that's all right the original series had like a bunch of episodes where the nephews didn't appear or scrooge didn't appear so it's done it before, so it can survive. Um, it's different different from the comics. The comics is pretty much Donald Duck and the nephews are in every story. So yeah, this hmm. I'm fine, yo. I'm fine. Nephews maybe getting a little break because I think we complained last season that Dewey was too much focus in the first season. Like he was like in every episode. So I hmm. think they're balancing this out a bit nicely. Though I wish. This is supposed to be the Louis season, and we really haven't really seen that yet. Um, Michelle, how how do you feel about how the show is doing with like balancing all the the cast that we've developed here? Uh I mean it, it's a, it's a second season. I feel like in a lot of second like Gravity Falls did this a lot too. Like once you have like you bring on more like side friends and more plot stuff, like people start to get separated and it can't be so tight anymore. And I do think that Della's kind of replacing Scrooge as this like new parental figure who everyone's going to take turns going on adventures with and forming unique relationships mm-hmm. to. So far, I don't necessarily mind it, but I do think it's going to change the dynamic of all the characters and who they might spend the most time with. 
But, I mean, they're all going to have to come together to save Donald. So that's <laughs> something I'm looking forward to. Because yeah. I do like seeing them work together. Like, that's a, like the family aspect of the show is such a big part of it. And it's one of the things it does really well. And one of the things that makes it stand out, honestly, from a lot of other mm-hmm. shows. So I, I hope they keep doing stuff with, like, Scrooge and all the boys. But eh, we might see a lot more side stuff, too. And mm-hmm. that... I I'm cautiously optimistic that that's going to turn out fine, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't think we've we've complained about the side stuff in this uh, in this batch at least because uh, at least compared to to last week. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it'd be fine too. Um, especially since these new characters. So I like. I don't think there's really a character like a character that's not part of the main family that I don't really like because. I like Lena. I like Violet. I like Fenton. I like uh, Gandra. I like uh, let's go. I like uh, even Drake Mallard. I like all these new characters. I like all these who's not like who's not really part of the main cast per se. So, well, like so well, get away last, with oh. last week we had like uh, oh we, I like Starkleys. I forgot Starkleys. I can't forget Starkleys. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Star- Starkleys is fine. Yeah, but I mean, like l- last week, like we brought in Goldie again. We brought in uh, the um the, the the Paul F. Tompkins character. Uh, oh, we brought oh, in uh, Go- Doofus Drake. So like ca- characters that like we don't have oh, too much of gyro? a connection with. Yeah, I don't like. Uh, okay, just one character I don't like. I don't like Doofus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, but like last last week we like we're bringing in old characters that we like hadn't seen in a while. It didn't quite fit in but like here like we're we're adding new ones that like have their own charm and so like that that probably is a little bit of a contrast right oh and, and oh, okay maybe it's just too late is it too early maybe to come kind of compare violet to dendy because i kind of get a little bit of a dendy vibe to violet did, didn't we start this podcast like comparing webby to dendy you can't compare every every okay she's not like any other girl she's just her own kind of girl she's even yeah, more yeah. so because she started the way she talked about i talked to sort of talking about logic and you know and she talks like a like a genius or like a really smart like computer so but Dendi, uh, so Dendi's more into coding and violet's yeah. like she's into logic and that's why she's obsessed yeah. with magic now right it's because it 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 forced her to reckon <laughs> with this thing outside of what should be logical and possible and now she like can't get enough of it i think that's great but it's separate from Dendi. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so so, um, now we'll begin wrapping up here. Any final thoughts you want to get out before we, we sign off here, Michelle? Uh, I want to see more Donald. <laughs> I want to oh. see more Donald struggling on the moon with people <laughs> not being under un- able to understand a word he says. I want to see more Lena, and I want to see more Della bonding with her kids. Because, like, so far it's actually been pretty great, and I'm here for it. Oh, yeah, I, I kind of want I agree with Michelle. I definitely want to see Della more Della bonding with her kids. And I'm excited. I kind of want to see more of this new dynamic, this new Webby circle of friends, Webby, Lena, and Violet. First of all, we need a name for them, but I kind of want to see them go on their own adventure separate from the uh, nephews. Like, I don't know, do something like maybe have an, maybe they encounter like Magicka or some other like, evil magician and they defeat him or her without anybody else's help that'd be kind of cool and and definitely interested to see though mama and gandra kind of meet i kind of want to see that that dynamic because i 
don't think it's going to go well for poor Fenton. Mm. <laughs> all right. All right. So, yeah, the, there is a lot a lot of stuff that this week has, has set up for potential stuff in the future. But it might be a while. Um, it will be until the fall. Um, I don't, I don't know if we actually have they a month with September. September. Yes, and they show some clips. Okay. They show one episode. They show like a. They show like Mark Beast with a son, perhaps robot son. Uh, uh, All right, <laughs> sure. Spoiler. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna guess it's yeah whatever. Well, yeah. So September um, will be when uh, the, uh, episodes come back. So we'll have a summer with uh, to ruminate on Ducktales uh, before potentially they drop another bomb on us. But until then. You can find out the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com. You can join us on Discord if you want to talk with us about DuckTales or any other show we cover here at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Uh, you can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Sagittarius. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Beatrice, Hugh, and Michael. Um, in the meantime, while we are away from DuckTales, you can catch up with our other podcasts. We've uh, done coverage on the finale of Star vs. the Forces of Evil. We've done a two-reaction podcast, as well as an interview with uh, Brian H. Kim, a composer of, of that show. So definitely, if, you, if you're if you a Disney Disney oh. fan, you might have watched Star we vs. Got, so definitely uh, check those we podcasts We've got Summer out. Camp Island coming back soon. Um, maybe, maybe, <laughs> uh, yeah, Summer Camp Island, uh, OKKO we've recently talked about, uh, there's Miraculous Ladybug out there, Fruits Basket, so yeah. there's, there's a lot of, uh, different shows we cover here at Over the Animated to tide you over in the meantime, mm-hmm. while, until the ducks come back. Until the will, ducks come back. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they will quack again. I kind of wonder if, if DuckTales will come back for, which we get first, we get... New episodes of DuckTales or the Steven Universe movie? Uh, DuckTales. That's a, that, yeah. that's a real good question. I, I, I think I'm like 90% DuckTales. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so until then, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.